the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Buckle up and start your engines. This is You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl. With 30 plus years in automotive experience, Dave is here to educate you on everything from repairing your vehicle to the latest industry news and trends. If it's automotive, Dave covers it. It's time for You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to You Ought to Know, FM 96, 1 AM 1170, The Answer. This hour is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you got a business and you got multiple cash registers or just one and you're having a hard time filling the spot, go to self-checkout. All you have to do is call them at 800-540-2149. They'll come out, take a look, and if it works, you'll end up with seven-day, 24-hour-day service. You can't beat it. Southwest Point of Sale. Also, hot rods and custom stuff. If you're into hot rods, you have a hot rod, need somebody to work on it, nobody does it better than Randy and his team. Go to HotRodsCustomStuff.com. He's award-winning. And his number is 760-745-1170. All right, got a great interview from Stellantis, commonly known as FCA, Mopar, Chrysler. And great interview on safety notification technology with Mumtha Chamate. She's a software business and product management. Take a listen. All right. Hey, folks. You know, I've got an awesome interview for you today. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know how uh, Mopar and, and, and Stellantis were all into horsepower, horsepower. Well, guess what? They're moving into the technology world, and they are so excited about it. And the beneficiary is going to be you, the consumer. I got Mumtha Shamarte on the line. She's a software business and product manager. Mumtha, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, uh, Dave. Thank you so much uh, for trying to understand our software strategy. Well, I'm really looking forward to this interview. Unfortunately, I was not able to uh, participate in the seminar yesterday, so myself and maybe some of my viewers weren't e- or my listeners weren't either. So, tell us all about about the program. Yeah. So, what um, fundamentally is happening in our industry, in the automotive industry, is the automotive industry is getting disrupted by the technology world, the cars. Earlier, were more hardware-centric, like you mentioned, horsepower, more horsepower. But I think today, customer wants more horsepower that is green. So you see a trend of electrification. And the customer also expects that, um, you know, they buy a car, but the car remains fresh, uh, similar to their iPhone or an iPad that they buy, and the operating system stays fresh, the app stay fresh, um, so now the car is connected, so they have the same expectations of the connected car. So, And also, customers n- now no longer like that one-size-fits-all kind of a model anymore. 
it is uh, understand my data. Of course, I'll give you my consent and personalize everything for me. Earlier it was, okay, can I per- customize this trim option or what, you know, leather seats, fabric seats, those options. But now understand my data and then as I'm entering with biometrics, just open the car. And if you know that someone else uh, is trying to get into the car, don't let them uh, get into the car. So that's kind of what we shared with the entire world. And this is going to generate 20 billion euro in revenue for us by 2030 at tech company margins. And we launched three uh, AI, artificial intelligence-driven platforms, Celebrain, which is going to be uh, the new electrical architecture that makes our cars 100% over-the-air updatable. It's called a smart cockpit. Again, AI-driven, that's constantly looking at the data, uh, connected car data along with the customer data. Um, I, and I keep saying with customer's consent because that's important uh, to understand that we take privacy and cybersecurity really seriously. And uh, personalizing everything all the way from gestures to voice, everything is cloud-driven, voice-driven. That's all Stella Smart Cockpit. And the third uh, platform that we've launched is all around autonomous driving, Stella Auto Drive. Uh, Up to level three, we have a partnership with BMW. Level four and level five, we are working with Waymo. Wow, that's that that is so exciting. I mean, because you know, let's face it, a lot of people when they think you know Stellantis or Mopar, all they think is horsepower. But surprisingly enough, you guys, you know, back in the in the back room, looks to me like you've been working hard on getting. Because let's face it, today's a customer is younger, they're more connected, they, they demand the connectivity of themselves and their cars, their homes, and, and for you guys to see that is very, very, very smart. Uh, so there was one other thing I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who had the opportunity to watch it, and he was talking about something you had discussed called usage-based insurance idea. What, mm-hmm. what is that? So now uh, with the connected car, we can collect all of the data, and we can collect the data about the driving behavior of the customer too. And so we have a captive financial services arm through which we can offer insurance products too. And so we are launching what is called usage-based insurance in uh, U.S. as well as in Europe first, and then globally uh, later. What this is, is collecting the data and understanding the driving behavior and coaching our customers um, towards increasing safe driving behavior, sustainable, driving it efficiently, finding the efficient navigation, efficient maps from point A to point B. They're driving in an eco-friendly way. And also, they're driving in a way that is safe and does not involve them or, or hurt anyone else uh, get injured. So accidents helping uh, reduce the number of accidents. So on one side, usage-based insurance continuously coaches the driver to drive safely. On the other hand, if they're driving safely, they get into less accidents, then that drives lower premiums for 
uh, the customer or for the driver. So it is a win-win, win for the company, win for our planet, and win for uh, our customer. Uh, that is, that, you know, I'm considered the hyper-mileage guy. I mean, I work really hard to get the best fuel mileage out of cars that I drive. Uh, people ask me, hey, you drove that lot, that Lamborghini. How fast did you go? Uh, 70. <laughs> they go, what? I go, it's not a racetrack. I mean, I'm not going to drive. I mean, I don't believe in it because my, my, my insurance, I want to make sure that, you know, my rates don't go up. And I've been driving probably more years than you've even been around with virtually no accidents and no tickets. Because, this, you know, and I think this is wonderful because let's face it, insurance rates get quite expensive, and it's due to people that cause tons of accidents, drive too fast. I mean, I was going to work this morning, and two people ran a red light in front of me. Now, hopefully that technology will be stored in the event of an accident where somebody says, oh, no, 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 the other guy ran a red light, but the car will actually tell the lawyers know you ran the red light. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so first, with the whole autonomy, right, as you were talking about, 1.2 million people die in car crashes yeah. every year around the world. It's our responsibility as the automotive or the mobility industry to, you know, augment a driver's intelligence while they are driving to prevent those accidents from happening. That's 1.2 million people that would be saved or a major percentage of that, right? Right. And um, what, percentage, so, what percentage of that are kids? That's my fear. Yes, yes. I, I know it is um, teen, uh, coaching uh, teens, co coaching young drivers as they start uh, driving their first cars, that becomes even more important. With software, you can control the uh, the speed of the car. You, with software, you can control a lot more and even understand whether your teen or whether this young driver is staying in a certain geolocation or crossing that geolocation, at what speed that they're accelerating, if the parents want to know, right? So we have... Right. All data application, that's what we call it, that's deployed across our connected car portfolio to collect that kind of data. Um, so to advise um, and to coach towards a safe driving behavior. And in some cases, even uh, I think regulation is also going there. Um, sure. Yeah. And making these kind of features more mandatory, like, you know, like uh, ADAS features like wrong lane assist, you know, or, um, you know, emergency braking, these really help. These really help. Yeah. No, I, 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 can, I, I can tell how excited you are about uh, this, this, you know, process working with Stellantis, and this is going to go across the full line of uh, the Stellantis products? Absolutely. Across our 14 iconic brands, I think that's the biggest differentiator that Stellantis has compared to the competition. We have brands. We the 14 brands have such I call it cult-like following. Take for example Jeep or Dodge. With Dodge, we are launching this week a driver tunable 
performance. And it's a software upgrade. Wow. That so is that's, so, that's, that's exciting. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that the horsepower that you are talking about, right? Right. Yeah, no, no, that's, like I said, you know, it's just, it's so exciting to hear this because, like I said, it's, you know, it's a, and I think you, the, the best words you said were it's a win-win, you know, not only for the driver, but for the company and for other people out that are on the roads with you. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to call and, and, and I know my listeners will love to hear this uh, interview and, I really want to talk to you later on down the road as new technology uh, comes out uh, within the Stellantis company. I would love, Dave, to keep you updated on the progress that we make and uh, to report to you about uh, how excited our customers are about their new uh, software features on their Jeep, new features on their Dodge, so I'm super excited about uh, the customer experience that we would be delivering and the value that they would find from it. Now, is there a website folks could go to if they wanted to find out more? Because, I mean, this is kind of a short interview. Yes. So if you go to the investor section on our Stellantis website, people can watch, everyone can watch a replay of the entire software day and there are also few teasers that are available that take you behind the scenes in the cultural transformation of Stellantis. Okay, now you go to the Stellantis website and you click on investors? Yes. All right, I'm going to go do that right now. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, and you have a wonderful week. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to You Ought to Know on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. The is brought to you by San Diego Propane. If you live out in East County and you're looking through an alternate for propane, give Dave a call. It's, it's family-owned and operated, and they only service East County. SD-Propane.com, or give them a call at 619-460-1705. And if you're looking for a good repair shop, family-owned and operated, Express Auto Service at 7633 El Cajon Boulevard. They work on all my cars, and I couldn't ask for better service. Go to expressautoservicelamesa.com. Make sure you tell them Dave sent you. All right, we got Kristen Barclay on the line, and she's in a smaller Infinity, the QX50. How you doing, kid? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And, and my bad, I might have put an X in there, but it's actually just the Q50. Oh, that might have been my fault, too, because I like QX. But what's what's that? Mean? <laughs> you know, I, it's easy to forget that um, that Infinity makes sedans because uh, they put a lot of yeah. lately on revamping their SUVs, and you know, I'm sure that's where the sales are and that's where the demand is. So mm-hmm. it's it's easy to to forget about the Q50 and the Q60. Right. Um, you know, the Q Q50 slots in at the uh, luxury compact sedan, and unlike you know their SUVs, where like been putting a lot of focus, a lot of attention, a lot of research. Um, this one is starting to age just a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of ready for uh, for an update. Still beautiful on the outside, beautiful on the inside, but feels a little bit dated when it comes to the uh, instrument cluster and the infotainment, things like that. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, that that, that situation is kind of along the line. But but once, like, the, like remember the QX60? 
once they change mm-hmm. it, oh my goodness, it's it's amazing. So I'm sure it's due for a refresh, and we'll be able to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, we've talked before. Um, you know, the like the refreshes are night and day, but. Um, again, for people who are driving a vehicle that's, you know, five, 10 years old, they get in this, they don't even realize that like, Hey, it's starting to feel dated. Cause for them going from a five to 10 year old vehicle, even a two year vehicle, in some cases, it feels uh, really refreshed. Um, you know, there's three grades and I, I love, I have a love hate relationship with Infinity's grades, so to speak, cause mm-hmm. they have the Lux, the sensory, and then the red sport 400. I just think with so many automakers out there and their, their trim levels, um, it just kind of gets confusing. Lux sensory red sport i don't know it's yeah, just, i agree i agree with you 100 percent. i mean they need to just simplify it i'm not a fan of letters and numbers uh and i think the names should just be you know pretty basic i would think yeah, i'm the same way i'm the same way it's, it's just it's so much easier to remember something you know like mongoose i'm just throwing something out there that's right. not a real brand but you know yeah. infinity mongoose you'd be like oh yeah yeah i know what that is uh-huh. so you, start, you know q50 and then you have qx50 see they're easy to get mixed up um you know imagine if this is on your christmas list and some generous soul is going to get it for you and you show up with the suv instead of the sedan or vice versa and you're like hmm how'd that happen well look what um, i look what i did i accidentally called it the qx50 and you were correct you would put down the q50 not the qx but because it's a it's a couple of letters and a number, it's real easy to confuse. But if it's a a dynasty or a or or what have you, that's pretty hard to mess up. So I kind of agree. Needs to stick with the names. I mean, is it a big deal? No, it's not a big deal. But if you're if if you you know, for me, I would like the names. It just makes it easier. Well, I mean, here's the thing: if we're in the auto industry and we do this all the time and we get it mixed up, think about the average consumer. The average consumer is definitely getting it mixed up. And, and the problem there is when you're shopping, you know, a lot of times you're shopping and you're not seeing a picture. Um, you're, you're seeing, you know, the, the name and number and the price tag, right? You're not right. necessarily matching it up with a picture. And so there's a big price differential when you're looking at a sedan versus the SUV. And so I think there is where it probably becomes a big issue. And, you know, talking about price, you can get in a Q50, you can get in their Lux, which is their base. And so that's a little mis- misleading, too, because when I think Lux, I'm thinking, okay, you know, that's, that's the top dog. Yeah. You know, that's their base. You can get in that for forty two one. Um, you move up to the sensory, which is what I was driving, you're at um forty seven eight. But then if you go all the way to the red sport, which is faster, it's got, you know, an up upgraded V V six engine performance, it's got some uh, some different wheel options and, and things like that, different suspension, you're all the way at fifty five nine fifty. So, you know, three options to choose from. It's a twin turbo V six, three hundred horse horsepower in the in the sensory model, seven speed automatic. Um, I do like the fact that it has the manual shift and while, you know, we don't use those paddle shifters that often, the downshift rev matching kind of makes it sound sportier. So even though you're in a sedan, you can kind of get that sport feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've now made them standard with Bose Performance Audio, uh, plus the wireless Apple CarPlay compatibility, which, you know, we've talked about for some people it's that's a big deal. Um, my favorite feature is the zero gravity seats. Um, yes. They're just super comfortable, and it's great for a vehicle, whether you're commuting or sitting in that um, that pickup line outside the school waiting to get your kids or road tripping. It's just it, it makes – you don't realize how big a difference it makes until you experience it, I right. think. Well, I've said this a million times to the car manufacturers. If you get the seats right, the consumer can deal with the rest. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Because that, that becomes, you become consumed if you can't yeah. get the seat comfort uh, right, whether it's positioning or whether it feels too hard or lumpy or whatever it is. 
Um, you know, nothing else matters. You can't focus on the steering. You can't focus no. on, you know, the infotainment or whatever because you're just too uh, consumed with, why is this seat not where I want it? So, yeah, no, you're totally right. Well, I'm not a lumbar fan. I, I just I just don't like somebody with their foot in my back. And there's right. so many manufacturers that, yeah, you can adjust it out, but you can't adjust it all out. And, boy, it just, I mean, that just sets me off wrong right from the get-go. And I'm glad when the car is gone. You know what I mean? Well, I, and I, I think people don't realize how much um, seat comfort contributes to driver fatigue. Yeah. And, you know, um, Nissan and Infiniti have that ProPilot technology, which is supposed to help with driver fatigue, especially for people that live out in California like you who spend a whole lot of time in traffic. Um, but that, that zero-gravity seats, it really just kind of uh, displaces your pressure, your body pressure, and so it reduces fatigue, which is a big deal when you spend a big chunk of your day uh, mm-hmm. sitting in traffic. Yeah, no, I I'm, I agree with you 100% because, like I said, once you once you sit, you're going to know if you love this thing or not. But, yeah. And I like the car. I like the styling of it, uh, the drivability, and I think it has a lot to do with those zero-gravity seats. I really do. Yeah, and it's got a lot of room. You know, the, the exterior is very sculpted. I love Infinity. I feel like they have a very artistic look on the outside. And when I say artistic, it's not overkill. They're just really nice-looking vehicles on, on the exterior. Carries over to the interior. They're well-made in the interior. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got plenty of space. It didn't feel, even to be a compact sedan, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, too tight. Um, I, the steering is not as refined as I want it to be. But in fairness, I'm in a BMW this week, and so I'm probably comparing the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody does driving dynamics like a BMW, the German. There's just something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Infiniti, where they're killing it right now is in all of their refreshed vehicles, especially their SUVs, and, you know, really kind of making a new name for themselves, in my opinion, um, and they're reinventing it with their, you know, everything that they're updating on the interior um, I just think that they're they've become super competitive. Yeah, uh, and and like I said, I, I still think there's a market for sedans, and I'm glad to see, uh, you know, Infinity sticking with it uh, because there. I just think there's a market for it. There's a lot of people that just don't want to drive around in an SUV. Yeah, and it's not even that. It's it's you know, gosh, you, you realize it. Uh, Tis the season. Tis the season right now where you can't find a parking spot that your big SUV or truck will fit in. Uh, you know, tis the season where theft is on the rise, so you want to make sure that your car is in the garage. Right. Well, a lot of these SUVs and trucks don't fit in garage parking spaces. Right. Um, you know, tis the season where we're having a, a uptick in road rage here in our area right now in Dallas. And, you know, a lot of times you can be a little more nimble and maneuver a little more when you're in a sedan versus a bigger vehicle. So, plus, fuel economy. Um, you know, it's it's always going to be better in a sedan than it's going to be in a in an SUV or a truck. And I say that, and then remember that you know there's a push towards electric vehicles. And so unless you're in a fully electric vehicle or a hybrid mm-hmm. uh, that gets some phen- phenomenal, but uh, yeah, I, I like this. I definitely think it should be on the list. Again, feel like it's a little dated, but that's for me who's in a new vehicle every week. For somebody right. who's looking to make a move from a vehicle that's several years older. I don't think you're going to notice the difference. No, I, I agree. Are you starting to see more inventory hit the dealerships, or do you are you? You, you know, I I went and looked the other day because I was curious because I know around the holidays is a big time when people like mm-hmm. to go ahead and you know they're looking for that end of year purchase or whatever. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. The lots are just really really empty here. I right know. Same um, here. They're full of used cars. 
you know, ours aren't even full of used cars. It's really, it's it's getting, I mean, and I've had some friends that have reached out and said, hey, you know, I'm looking for XYZ. Can you help me? And I'm like, I wish I could, but no, I can't. Yeah. And it's really it's, scary. It's available. And no one's really saying anything about it in media, you know, except folks like you and I and possibly Brian. I mean, we're talking about it, but the general public just doesn't, I mean, they're realizing that they can't go out and buy a new car. If they do, they're going to pay more for it, you know, with because of lack of inventory. Well, think about it. This was a 2022. I haven't been in that many 2022 models this year, whereas normally that's all we're driving this time of year. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's because of the shortage, the chip shortages. There's other part shortages. Yeah. There's a, a, a you know a, the transportation element of getting the vehicles there. And so I'm just. I mean, we've talked about it before, but what is going to happen? There's a large surplus of 2021 vehicles yep. that are parked on lots that can't be driven. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to those? I know. I tell people, you know, if you can wait, once those things get chipped and get ready to be put back on the road, you might make a pretty good, you might make a screaming deal. Because I don't think they're going to be able to hold those vehicles hostage due to lack of. I, I think they're going to want to do everything they can to get those cars off the lot or out of the out of the warehouses that they're all sitting in just waiting for them to get updated and get taken care of. It's a really crazy well, yeah, because time. Storage, storage is going to be at a premium. It's already getting to that point, right? Oh, so yeah. it's, it's like the uh, the cartoon where you, know, you, you spring a leak and you stick your finger in that one place mm-hmm. and now there's like three more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's happening, right? It's a chip shortage, but then it's also a transportation shortage. But now it's a, you know, it just, it's, it's trickling and it's crazy. You fix one thing and three more problems pop up and that's where we are, we are right now. I know. Remember when transfer, you know, when they would transport a vehicle to you, and we're only talking a couple of years ago, you know, $500, $600. Now it's 1500 1800 And it's just crazy because what it takes to, transport a vehicle from point a to point b but now you're going a to b and then once you get it fixed now it's b to c so you're almost i can i mean because b to c is not going to be free right absolutely not i mean hey just look at anything you ship right now uh, i was just talking to somebody recently because i'm in the news business and you know a package went from like california that was coming to texas and went from california to pennsylvania <laughs> sat in pennsylvania for a couple of days and then to texas so i reached out i'm like what in the world why is this is not efficient what is going on they said we didn't have the staff wow. at the stopping point where it would normally go. At that warehouse where it would normally go, we didn't have the staff. So we had to ship it to a place where we had the staff. So imagine the expenses oh. that are eventually going to be passed on to the consumer yeah. out yeah. of necessity. It's Well, let's just hope 2022 is as exciting as 21. We don't talk about it. We don't want to jinx it. But speaking of that, I know i got to run. I want to congratulate your producer. You have an excellent one, Brandon or Brendan. Yeah. Me, Brendan just got married, so congratulations to Brendan and his lovely new bride. I know. He had his anniversary yesterday. He partied until he can hardly stand up. He's loving life. Well, it's a week anniversary. That's what I said. It's your week anniversary. You'll do that for a while, and then, yeah. No, he's all happy. He's still doing the job well, though. So I know. He hasn't stopped, hasn't stopped smiling. We have a new light system in the studio. He's so happy with that. So, all right. How do people follow you around, kiddo? Uh, Zany Mom NTX on Twitter, NDPage2 on Instagram, and uh, follow uh, Facebook.com backslash YAK Radio. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Look forward to it. You're listening to the You Ought to Know Show, FM 961-1170. The answer. Welcome back to You Ought to Know. 
right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by Weather Machine. Go to weathermachine.com. Check out all of the great opportunities. They're an AC and heating and air company and like three generations. Got an A-plus rating. Small family owned and operated. You can't beat them. Go to weathermachines.net or give them a call at 619-443-9974. They'll give you a great deal on a maintenance. Make sure you stay warm and toasty in the winter. All right, we got uh, Brian Armstead on the line, and he's in an Infinity, but he's in the QX60. Isn't that a cool little SUV? Well, it's not as little as you might think it is, Dave. I have it lined up against a, um, a GB, uh, a Genesis GB70, mm-hmm. and right behind my Lexus LX570, and it kind of competes with all three of them. Well, mm-hmm. it's larger than the Infini- uh, than the Genesis, and it's not as tall as my Lexus, but it certainly is as long as my LX570. So it's a, it's a bit, it's you know, it's not the QX80, which is the the, the monster. But uh, it's the next one down. Uh, Infinity actually sells uh, two sedans. It was nice to hear you guys talk about uh, sedans. Uh, actually, one sedan, one coupe. Q- Q50, Q60. Q50 is a sedan. Q60 is a coupe. Uh, SUVs start with the QX50. Then the QX55, a sportier version of the QX50. QX60, which we'll talk about in a second. And then the large QX80 uh, starting at $70,000. So what about Infinity, Dave? I mean, is this competitive in a world of sport utility vehicles? Yes and no. Uh, and the no's are really quibbles. This is a well-done automobile. Um, I just have a couple of little concerns, Now I'll address those later. Uh, first of all, the starting price for the QX60, $46,850. Now, you can get different trim levels on this bad boy. You can go pure, pure all-wheel drive. The pure all will, uh, the pure starts at forty six eight fifty all wheel drive adds a few coins. The Lux uh, trim level fifty two nine hundred. Uh, Lux all wheel drive adds two thousand to that. QX sixty Century Edition fifty six three fifty at two thousand for the QX sixty Century all wheel drive. The Autograph sixty thousand three fifty, and you add. Uh, Three thousand, almost three thousand dollars for some reason, uh, to the price for the all-wheel drive version. I am in the um, the top-level trim, and it has a base price again of sixty-three two fifty. It's the uh, Autograph all-wheel drive, as tested sixty-three four ninety-five. Destination charges a reasonable ten twenty-five. I was listening to you and Christian talk about you know, the cost of getting cars around. It's per profit for some manufacturers. Like Stellantis, come on, you build a Jeep in Detroit and it costs you $1,800 to ship it to Maryland? No. That's just per profit yeah. for uh, for some manufacturers. I'm not mad at them, but they, yeah, they no. could. And how many do, how many of those vehicles do they put on either a train car or a, a truck transport? 1800 yeah, times man. six or seven if or I eight? Can, if I can get a Mercedes from Germany for $1,000, why does it take me 1800 yeah. to get a, a, a Jeep <laughs> or a Chrysler from from uh, wherever they're built. Anyway, yeah, anyway, that's my little rant for the day. We digress. Uh, I like, we digress. Uh, I like the QX60. It's got the new nine-speed automatic transmission. Hallelujah on that. Yes. Because for a while, Nissan and Infiniti were on this trip 
and it was a bad trip. It was called the CBT trip, continuously variable transmission. And, you know, while they had one of the better ones in the industry, I still think sister or corporate cousin Mitsubishi currently has the best CBT out there. Um, just a mess, just a hot mess. Yeah. And they've had some failures with the units. Uh, luckily, with this high-end luxury vehicle, they went with a traditional nine-speed automatic. It's a 295-horsepower V6 tried-and-true motor. Not going to have any problems with this motor. You get about 21 uh, city, 25 uh, com- um, highway, 22 combined, somewhere around the low 20s, mid-20s for fuel economy, which is not bad. Not competitive, but it's not bad. You've got an all-digital cluster right in front of you. With the steering wheel, this leather-wrapped steering wheel, and again, top trim level. I've got controls for audio. I can control the trip computer on the center display, on my dash display, my driver's side display, rather, as well as telephone uh, information. Center console is a 12.3-inch touchscreen, well-organated. Organated. organated. <laughs> that's hey, that's a new one. <laughs> keep that. Keep that. Let's, let's, let's submit that to uh, Webster's. Uh, I think you organated. should. A well-organated center console screen, 12.3 inches, um, with Infinity InTouch navigation, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, Auto, all of that good stuff, uh, Wi-Fi hotspot, and uh, Kristen talked about the safety of Infinities and Nissan. So this has the full Nissan suite of uh, or Infinity suite of safety uh, gear, including predictive forward collision warning. And unfortunately, I had to use it a couple of times. And people are just stopping in the middle of highways to change lanes. I mean, you know, why not change the lane and get over when you can? I had two people stop in the middle of 295, a, a local expressway here, for just no reason. And I'm slamming on the brakes because everybody's slamming on the brakes. Jesus. But Infinity beat me to it because it sensed that, hey, the LIDAR, radar, whatever, sensed that there was trouble up ahead. So the system works very well. Yeah. Rides comfortably, three rows. You can get all kinds. Um, three rows. I'm sorry. Let me take a peek over shoulder here. Yeah, three rows. I, you know, I never really talk about the third row like no. Kristen does because I'm never in the third row. Right. Nor do I transport children around, but I, I should pay uh, closer attention to it. And uh, yeah, it looks like not a place I'd want to sit back here. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that it's uh, quite comfortable because again, this is a larger uh, sport utility vehicle. Uh, compares very favorably with the GB70 that I'm driving, uh, not only in performance and luxury, but also in price. GB, I would call the GB70 Genesis a little more luxe, got a little more features, but you know they're both in the mid 60s and they both offer you know pretty good, pretty good value. All of the heating, cooling, air conditioning, ventilation, all the controls are right here, right at your fingertips, just on the middle of the uh, center console. I love the way the leather disc, leather stitched dashboard mm-hmm. uh, kind of flows down into the center console. You've got a really cool wireless charging pad that uh, houses also ports for USB-C and USB uh, 2.0 charging, cup holders, uh, rotary controls to control audio, menu selection, things of that nature. A well-done automobile. Uh, one really cool thing, Dave, that um, you don't find very often, but you can buy your Infinity online. You, you go to infinityusa.com, mm-hmm. and it offers a digital shopping portal where you can browse offers, get a value for your trade-in, even negotiate pricing, and get everything approved for leasing or financing all online. 
In addition, participating dealers will deliver vehicles for test drives and even final purchases right to your home. Uh, that's a really cool feature. And they'll even pick up your vehicle for service and leave a loaner for you when you need one. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that's participating uh, dealers because that is a, a tremendous expense for dealers. And some make enough money to support that kind and some do not. So you want to check with the dealer to make sure. But that is a really nice, it's a, it's a Lexus-like suite of uh, concierge services for Infinity. So it's nice to see that they've raised their game not only in the quality of the vehicles that they produce and the luxury content of the vehicles that they produce. And this is a nicely done vehicle, uh, but also in the uh, services that they offer to consumer. The only thing that has gone wrong in a couple of days that I've been driving is for some reason, my daughter was in the car with me this morning and I'm trying to have a conversation with her. So I had, I had, you know, the XM radio playing and I tried to turn it down and the volume control would not turn the volume down, hmm. not on the, not the, not the round control on the dashboard, not the steering wheel control. And I looked at her, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I had to turn the unit off. And then when Eden and I finished talking, I turned the unit back on. So, um, hmm. you know, those kind of things, I know that these compute, these, uh, cars are, are very highly contented with chips, and we all know that there's a chip shortage. Mm-hmm. There's no shortage of chips in this car. I just worry that as we move to the future, that over-the-air updates will become a critical part of how our vehicles are maintained. And I don't know, honestly, what the over-the-air update capability of this Infinity is. If you have to take it into the dealer to have the computer systems flashed, or you can do it, they just automatically download any updates. But that was, you know, it was like, come on, $65,000, and I can't turn the radio That's down. a weird one. Yeah. So that was a little annoying. It was the only flaw that I found in the vehicle. It's Again, it's well-stitched, well-put-together, great audio system, comfortable ride, good handling, decent fuel economy, you know, beautiful panoramic sunroof, gorgeous paint, beautiful leather inside, supportive seats. And, I, and like you, Dave, I dial all the lumbar support out of my seats. I don't want somebody to put in my back, as you so eloquently stated. So, again, a nice offering from uh, Infinity. Before I leave, Dave, I wanted to say two things. I wanted to, uh, to congratulate Brendan again, uh, like, um, you know, Kristen did earlier on his marriage one week. That's a big deal. But I also, you know, we, we can kick back and we can talk about cars and all these fancy places we get to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have Americans in crisis tonight. Oh. So just wanted to give a shout-out to um, our fellow Americans in Kentucky and Ohio, uh, in the areas that have been just devastated yeah. by by Mother Nature's fury, uh, it's shocking to see. Um, I think the Kentucky governor has a good control of the situation. He's being very transparent with what is needed. Right. Folks, if you have a few coins in your pocket, donate to the local Red Cross. Absolutely. Donate to Red Cross, and they can get some support to um, our fellow countrymen who are in a, a very dire strait um, in in uh, Kentucky and, and afflicted states and Tornado Alley. And I, you know, I, I love I love the central part of the country, but in no way in heck I'd move to Ohio, <laughs> Kentucky. I don't, don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be like Auntie M flying through the air. Oh, you know, and, <laughs> but isn't that I mean, storm? No, Dorothy, isn't that storm huh? coming your way? Yeah, but we, you know, we we get tornadoes 
Look, I've been, I'm 60, I'll be 62 in January. We just started getting tornadoes recently. You know, first 50 years of my life, there was no such thing as tornadoes in Maryland. So we get about a dozen a year now. They're all low F-grade, you know, uh, tornadoes. But we had one in Annapolis about six months ago, and the dam- there's still a significant amount of damage down there. It was an F-1. But an F-1 tornado can, can kill, oh. and it can do a lot of damage. Yes. So these F-3, 4, 5 twisters that are Amazing. You know, experienced by a, a great deal of the country, and they're only getting worse, folks. So if you think climate change is a hoax, then you better, you know, you better study up a little bit. Yep. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, again, we, we, we have it made. Dave. We get to do yep. some really cool things. Yep. Let's remember, particularly at this time of the year, Christmas time, a spirit, the spirit of giving. That's right. And give back to some folks that might need a helping hand. You're the best, man. All right, folks, how do you fo- how do people follow you around? Uh, on on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter at Road Gear Sun, and also uh, you can follow us on the You Ought to Know page on uh, Facebook. And also go to InfinityUSA.com. Yeah. You can spec out your 2022 Infinity QX60 day. All right, buddy. Next Sunday. All right, have a good one, and we'll talk to you next week. We're going to take a quick break. This is You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hit it. All right, folks, welcome to You Ought to Know, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This segment brought to you by Convoy Auto Service. 3909 Convoy Street, Nap Auto Care. ASC certified, Master Tech, nobody does it better. Bumper Doc, Kearney Mesa for scratches, dings, and dents. And John's Automotive Care down on Riverdale. Also Napa Auto Care, ASC certified. Couldn't do it without them. Hey, I got Cheryl Conley on the line. She wants to talk to you about the Ford Trend Report. Pretty interesting. Take a listen. Hey, folks, guess what? Ford's coming out with their 10th annual Trend Report. And I've got Cheryl Conley. She's a Ford Chief uh, Futurist. And it's really quite interesting, this report, folks. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here again. So, you guys, I mean, how many people did you guys survey for this report? So, this year, our number was about 14,000. Um, we cover 15 countries, um, the, and it's 1,000 per country. That's the minimum you need uh, right. to kind of split by age and gender. And then for okay. the Middle East, we combine Saudi Arabia and uh, oh. Dubai. No, UAE, okay. UAE, excuse me. So let's talk about the planet. It says 81% of adults globally say climate change makes them worry for their children with climate changing, making up to 29% of the population. I, I agree with that, but we've got to get everybody on the planet on the same page. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, and that's a, I think that's a really tall order. I mean, today we know more and more people are polarized. Uh, you know, it could be um, health, politics, uh, climate change. It's really hard to get any sort of consensus. And we live in a time, I think, that people are more and more reticent to share their point of view if they think people aren't are, are going to disagree with them. Boy, I tell you what, that wasn't like it back in the day. Because here's my situation. When everybody talks to me about climate change, I go, look, you know, if I have to continually go to a restaurant and half of the room is smoking and the other half of the room is non-smoking, then it's not working. And the other half of the room that's smoking, that's the countries like China and India and countries that could really care less about climate change. 
So we have to get all on, on board and to dump millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into climate change in the U.S. where no, not a lot of the other big countries aren't doing it. To me, that money could be used in other ways, and the negotiation needs to work in the back. Okay, so now let's talk about productivity. Because as we know right now, thanks to COVID, a lot of people have gotten off work, gotten comfortable not working. So you're saying that uh, a lot of people don't think that uh, work is going to come back to normal. That's an interesting comment. Yeah, 13% say that that, that um, it will not return to normal. Like the work that they knew before COVID will not ever be the same. Now, bear in mind, there are – the majority of people think that it'll be it'll return to normal within a year, um, but those same people said the same thing twenty year you know in twenty twenty and they didn't return to normal. So I think time will tell, but I think people are getting more accustomed to it. COVID, like COVID, for all of the ills and pain and tragedy and suffering it brought with it, there were some really good things. I mean, COVID's been this catalyst in terms of technology and investment, uh, the way that people communicate, the tools that we have for collective collaboration, I think they've gotten much better. And even Ford, we um, recently announced that our, our evolution of work strategy um, is not to really bring our full hybrid um, approach into full force until March of next year, which means that we will be two years of trying to do this hybrid work approach. And I think some people really thrive, and some people are realizing that they need different environments to do their best work. Well, and, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, no two people are alike. There are some people that could work at home and be way more productive than somebody that works in the office. Then there are people that have to be surrounded by coworkers to be to be functional. So I think what businesses need to do is kind of look at their workforce and find what's it going to take to, to get the best out of these people and for them to be happy at their job so they're not constantly changing. Yep. And I think some of us, have, it's, a, it's been our own journey of discovery to realize, like, what works for us. I, you know, I don't think some of us, myself included, never imagined um, yeah. this type of work environment. And what I, the thing I discovered is that my life was a lot less stressful. Um, I don't live terribly far in terms of miles away from the office, but it can take me anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour and a half to get there. And the yeah. challenge is that you don't know. It's hard to it's hard to plan, you know, whether it's going to be an easy commute or a hard commute. And so no long, taking that uncertainty out of my daily routine has been a very unexpected, pleasant surprise. Right. This was very interesting, the future of knowledge and information. 58% of the population believe the development of AI will not make higher education less important, and 68% believe robots will not replace the majority of the teachers. Sounds like that's right out of the teacher union's book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I'm know, not political, but come on. So it is interesting. We do know, like in, in my field of study, when we're trying to understand the future of mobility, I always try to explain to people that, like, you have to think about the ecosystem. And the ecosystem, to answer that question, includes what's the future of work look like? And the future of work looks like the future of education. And the future of education looks like the future of funding. And you're spot on. I mean, some of this isn't really about whether people – what we're trying to say to people is that um, – Things are changing. Are you ready for it? 
Are you right. ready for the changes that the future brings? And the majority of people that we spoke to um, said that uh, that they they feel mentally prepared for what the future might hold. But there's still about three out of ten people that say that they're not mentally prepared. Um, and the younger you are, the more likely you are to agree with that statement. So um, Zoomers, the Generation Z, 35% say that they're not prepared and 26% of Millennials. And so those young people, those students, I think are, I think would have to, I don't know, it would be interesting to see that question um, about the future of education. Because I know yeah. a lot of universities and colleges are, are doing a deep dive um, research into understanding what this can mean long-term. Yeah. Well, I think what they really need to study and work on is getting our educational scores out of the basement. Uh, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic, that type of thing. We're, we're in the United States. We are so low in our scores. I mean, it's embarrassing. And I and – I, Take my hat off to teachers. I teach out at the community college. I have a co-host that's a teacher at an at a elementary school. So the teachers out there that I know of give it 130%. But I don't know if it's the, you know, we've got to put, instill more confidence in our kids while they're in school. Let them know that, you know, to go out and take those challenges. Go out, and if you fall down, you get back up and keep moving. So. It'll be interesting to see because that future of knowledge that's that was that was an interesting one, and then the future of identity and belonging boy, I'll tell you gender assignments will be gone within their lifetime. What does that mean? So I mean we already see this I think there are like fifteen countries that no longer require people you know assign select male or female on their passports their gender gender neutral passports. Um, and so we know 55% of Generation Z agrees with that statement. Now, to your point, there's an age component here, and 31% of baby boomers, only 31% agree. With, so substantially fewer people, the older you are, are likely to agree with that. But here, what we were trying to think about, like, what would happen if these, these identity labels basically became meaningless? You know, could we achieve something like racial equity? Um, and 50% of people believe that they'll, that we will experience racial and ethnic equity in their lifetime. Uh, younger generations, interest, you know, interestingly enough, are much more um, optimistic at 63% for Generation Z versus 32% at right. baby boomers. So almost half is likely to agree with that statement. Well, I was a service manager for 30 years, and I hired – Everybody I hired, I can tell you this as honest as I can be, I hired on ability. I did not hire on color of their skin, whether they were male or female, but I will tell you the the women that I hired as either technicians or service advisors outperformed the males like like nobody's business. I mean, I, I just, so I gravitated towards having females at the dealership. I mean, they, they're just better at dealing with consumers and a customer relations you know, aspect, and even technical. Not every woman. I mean, because there's some women out there, just like me, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go rebuild an engine. Can I do it? Sure. I'm not going to do it because that's not what I want to do. But I think we got to look at talent, not who you are and what you are. I mean, it, 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 if, if your gender is such that it, I don't care. 
You know what I mean? As long as you come to work, do the job, and you're kind, and you treat people right, I don't care if you're pink. Well, and I think that that's hopefully the direction that we're moving in, that we see beyond those kind of identity identifying markers, and we go, like, what's underneath? What's what's the capabilities? What's the potential? What's the capacity of a person to um, show their humanity, their kindness? Right. And it was kind of funny. Now, the future of family, 45% of consumers saw their relationships with their family to improve after COVID, which makes sense because you're stuck with them all the time. But, you know, I was under the impression that the generations are saying they don't want to have kids, they're not into marriage. So I guess where I got that is not totally true. It looks like there is a future for families. So there's a future for families for sure. Um, I don't think that's ever going to change. But what we talk about in our 10-year anniversary report, and we try to go longer term, and what we're trying to do is challenge the status quo. And we said, could you imagine a future where families not defined by marriage or bloodline? And yeah. that is in part because marriage rates are declining. Worldwide, 45% of the people we surveyed said that marriage would become an outdated concept in their country. Now, in the United States, that number was 39%. So they didn't. They were below the global average. Um, I think that this is interesting for us to think about, like, what will that mean? Uh, like, perhaps future is not necessarily bloodlines or marriage, but it's who you who you turn to when you when you need help. Who can you rely upon? Who can you trust? Where do you have your most intimate connections? And we even start talking about like. How many people will actually look, could, can imagine robots being their companions, perhaps to, to provide comfort to the elderly? Um, 65% of Generation Z can imagine that future, that they can imagine that part of it. And even a high number of baby boomers, 46%, so nearly half, also can agree, like, needing companions as some sort of, you know, non-human form. Huh. That's interesting. That is real. You know, you've got the best job. I am serious. Is that, well, I mean, thank you. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and while all this information is kind of very random and, and interesting, you know, people, your audience might be going like, yeah, but what does it have to do with automobiles? Like, why would Ford care about these things? And you oh, already know. You scary. already know, like, the lead it's, time yeah, developing, yeah. right? Yeah, it's everything. Because you guys in the automotive side of this, the toughest job on the planet is trying to figure out how many or, or what to build and satisfy millions and millions and millions of drivers. I challenge anybody to take that one on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is, we use it to start a conversation inside and outside of Ford just to kind of stir things up, to start to enter into the art of the possible discussion and say, like, how could we how could we meet the needs of the marketplace in a way that no one else has done before us? Right. No, you guys are ahead. I'm telling you, I've been doing this a long time. You guys are so far ahead of the curve, I, I can't tell you. And, and, it, and it's folks like you because the passion, you can hear the passion in your voice. I mean, and I interview a lot, a lot of folks from Ford. And I can tell you just about 99% of them are just as passionate as you are. And I, as you notice, I, I, I don't know how many other places you get interviews to do this. I'm not always about the car. I want to know what you're doing behind the scenes. What are you doing 
to make this country better. And you did it with PPE, you did it with uh, training, you do it with uh, salute to education here locally, uh, driver skills for life. You guys do so much more outside of building vehicles that the public has no idea. And you are way over my time slot, young lady. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. That tends to happen when we get together and chat. But I, um, it happens. I love talking to you. Well, because, you know, you can tell I'm just as passionate as you are. You know, I mean, I think I would have loved to have been in the job that you're in, going and talking to people and finding out, you know, what makes them tick. So, Cheryl, I just can't, I love it. So thank you very much, and do not hesitate to call us on that little four-legged. What is it, a boy or a girl? It's a boy. His name's Brody. We will definitely be in touch. <laughs> All right, kiddo. If I don't talk to you, you have an absolutely fabulous Merry Christmas. Thank you. Take care. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.